This programme was produced at and first aired on NPR, Manawatu People's Radio, with support from New Zealand On Air. Kapai Irarangi Tomotu, NPR. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Hi there, and welcome to Amazing Grace for another week. I pray you will be truly blessed. My name's Lynette, and I will be joined later on today by my husband, Dennis. Here at Amazing Grace, we want to hear from you. We'd love to hear from you. And um, yeah, so you can send us feedback, or if you would like um, us to pray for you or a friend, or family member, on or off ear, we'd be happy to do that. Also, we have some free giveaways. The book, Steps to Christ, which is a, a really um, powerful little book, thoroughly recommended. And also, if you are here in Palmerston North, New Zealand, check out in the local takeaways the little punchy magazine called Signs. It's filled with articles on health and family and issues we face in life every day. So you can contact us either by email or text us. The email address is info at mpr.nz or text on 022 Let's open with a short prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we ask your blessing on this program. We ask your blessing on those who share and on those who hear. In Jesus' name, Amen. Just some thoughts. I was um, looking at 1 Peter 5, 7, which says, Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Casting all, not just some, but all of our care on him. And who's the him? Of course it's God, our loving, caring, heavenly father. And it says, for he cares for you. He cares for you, dear listener. Wherever you are right now, he cares supremely for you. And the whole story, the good news, the gospel of the cross shows to what lengths he cares for you. We were looking at um, a movie recently called The Hiding Place. And Corey Ten Boone and her sister Betsy are, are Dutch and they are put into a concentration camp. This is in the time of the Second World War because... They and their family were trying to rescue and hide Jews 
from the Germans. Anyway, they were put into a barracks which was overloaded with other women and Betsy um, said to Corey, she said, we should give thanks to God for everything. And the whole barracks was filled with fleas. And Betsy said, I can't thank God for the fleas. It wasn't till quite a while later that they found out that their barracks was the only one that wasn't nightly raided by the male soldiers, the male German soldiers who molested and did all sorts of horrible things to the women in the other barracks, but they would not come near Betsy and Corrie's barracks because they knew it was riddled with fleas. So, yeah, whatever circumstances we are in, God is allowing it for a reason and he will give us strength to get through it. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that in all circumstances we can count our blessings and give you thanks. Lord, help us to do that. It's not natural. Lord, and help us to remember your words of wisdom to cast all our cares upon you for you care for us. Now we're going to have a very powerful song by Sila and it is called You Raise Me Up. Restless heart 
You're listening to Amazing Grace Radio here on Manitou People's Radios. Now we're going to do our health tip. And we've been looking through the um, the book Live More Happy by Dr. Darren Morton. And we're up to the chapter called Feelings Follow Your Focus. And I'm just recapping a little on last, last time's program. Limbo Loops. This means that thoughts and feelings breed their own kind, good or bad. So, Dr. Morton says, how can we arrest downward limbo loops and activate upward ones instead? So the limbo um, is, remember he's talking about the part of our brain that deals, which is the center of our feelings, our emotions when he, he refers to the name limbo and um, the limbic system um, is the full term and the leader, he uses the word leader as well and that's the rest of our brain, the thinking-centered part of our brain. So back to these limbo loops, choosing the loops. Have you ever heard it said to someone who is emotionally down, Stop feeling that way or just pick yourself up. Such advice is about as helpful as saying to someone with a broken leg, just walk it off. How we feel comes from our two-year-old limbo. Try telling a two-year-old to stop throwing a tantrum and see how effective it is. We can't expect our limbo to just shake off a feeling, but what we can do is use the frontal cortex of our leader to influence it in the direction we want it to go. We can do this, we can do that by choosing what to think about. Regarded by some as the father of American psychology, Dr. William James once said, our greatest weapon against stress is the ability to choose one thought over another. The same principle applies to other unwanted feelings. Our greatest defense is our ability to choose what we think about. Sadly, many people don't utilize the great weapon that is their ability to choose their thoughts. Instead, they give their two-year-old-like limbo the reins. In his book, 
emotional intelligence, why it's, it matters more than IQ, Daniel Goleman has a chapter titled When Smart is Dumb, in which he recounts stories of a very intelligent people are very intelligent people who do the dumbest things because they let their limbo take over. It is known as emotional hijacking. When the limbo mutinies against the rightful captain, the leader, and does whatever it feels like. There's some very gory stories, he says, that demonstrate how important the frontal cortex of the leader is in controlling the limbo. One of the classic tales is that of Phineas Gage, who survived a massive head injury caused by a railroad spike blasting through his head. Oh, it sounds horrific. Destroying much of his frontal lobe. Before the accident, he had been a polite, upstanding gentleman, but afterwards he was a degenerate. With his leader no longer able to lead, the limbo did its own thing, and his friends all agreed that he was no longer Gage. The second unbelievable story relates to a time when it was thought a good idea to destroy the connections between the frontal lobe of the leader and the limbo. In the first half of the 20th century, an estimated, now this is horrific, an estimated 40,000 individuals in the United States alone were subjected to the barbaric procedure called a frontal lobectomy. I won't go into the details of how the procedure was performed, he says, but it left those on the receiving end emotionally blunted. Without the ability for their frontal lobe to lead the limbo, they lost the remnants of their mental health. Now, I actually need to correct how I said it was frontal lobotomy. The point is that our leader, Darren Morden says, is meant to lead. It is meant to take care of the two-year-old limbo. And it can do this by choosing to think in the right way about the right things. Everyone has heard about the purported benefits of positive thinking, but now we understand how and why it actually works. We are wired that way. In fact, new understandings of how our brains work have highlighted more than ever the importance of being intentional about adopting a positive outlook and looking to the positive. Where once it was believed that the brain was quite rigid in its orientation, now we know that the brain has an amazing ability to mould and change itself. The notion of brain plasticity, the brain's ability to create and strengthen its connections and pathways, is an exciting frontier of neuroscience research. However, this understanding presents both an opportunity and a warning. 
The opportunity is that we can strengthen the connections between our leader and our limbo in a positive way, so we can get better at performing upward limbo loops. But we can also improve our ability to perform downward limbo loops. I teach a university class called Skill Acquisition, Darren Morton says, and one concept I drum into the students is that practice makes permanent. It is not true that practice makes perfect. Only perfect practice makes perfect. To live more emotionally up on a more regular basis, we need to perfect and practice thinking positively. And that's our thoughts today for our health tip. And our second song today is called Drink Deep by Matthew Ward. And it's all about how really we need to drink deep of God's word for us to have a fountain of life from him. Of your delight 
Welcome, welcome um, to Amazing um, Grace um, program. Now, it's my turn to um, share a few thoughts. Now, we've been sharing on the book of Revelation, and we were up to the end of the sixth seal last time, and we were talking about um, how it's talking here about the, um, the coming of Jesus and and it talks about all the um, uh, everyone going into the caves, those who have rejected Jesus, and they cry for the mountains to fall on them. So um, very dramatic events to happen in the future. Now, for instance, um, I thought this time, and it might be a couple of times, um, we'll see how we go, um, how to handle trouble how to handle trouble and how to be an overcomer. Because that's what we all want to be, isn't it? We want to be overcomers. And I'm going to base um, some thoughts on Psalms 55. But um, when we talk about trouble, we would all like to handle trouble. And when we look in the world, we see um, the potential for a lot of trouble. Um, the the war um, between Russia and Ukraine has just started, and um, the potential um, there is um, very alarming. And it seems like uh, Russia has um, um, threatened the West to stay out. If they don't, um, they might threaten them with uh, nuclear weapons. So it doesn't look good over there. And um, um, Putin, uh, the Russian leader, he probably won't be satisfied until he gets all that he had before. And whether he will be like Hitler and just keep on going, um, time will tell. But when you look at the world, um, there's, um, there's a lot of violence in our world. In the last few years, violence has increased a lot. <clears throat> For instance, 60 countries, Christians are persecuted. And the Bible um, says in Matthew 24, 21 and Daniel 12, 1, that there's going to be a time of trouble such as never was. So we're living in alarming times. And um, I, I, um, I, from an article or um, article that was written um, relating to the... Um, Final events, the author said, great changes are soon to take place in our world. Soon um, there will be trouble all over the world. Now, <clears throat> it's very easy to be brave from a distance. Um, you remember Peter, um, before the crucifixion, um, he said that everyone might deny Jesus, but he wouldn't. And when you see him in the garden, he was very brave. He pulled out his sword, and there was about 500 Roman soldiers there, plus the temple guards. He's very brave. He takes his sword out. I don't know why he had a sword in the first place. And he cut the ear of the servant, of the, servant of the high priest. Um, I don't think it was very wise, and um, Jesus told him to put his sword away. So it's very easy. <clears throat> to be brave from a, from a distance. So <clears throat> what, what, I, 
what I want to know, and I'm sure you do, is how do you handle trouble and get the victory over it? So I thought I'd share these um, thoughts with you, um, which are not my thoughts, but I've collected them from um, other people that are much more wiser than me. So, in, like I said, I'm going to base it um, on Psalms 55, which is dealing with um, the experience that David had uh, when his son Absalom was trying to kill him and take over his throne. Now, <clears throat> that must have been a terrible time of trouble for um, David. <clears throat> you know, it must be very hard. Um, that your son um, is trying to kill you and take what you have. So anyhow, we'll come back. We're, we're going to have an ad break and then we will come back. If you're a fan of NPR, listening to our podcasts and live stream has never been easier. Just search for accessmedia.nz on the App Store or Google Play and download the app with the Kiwi Fruit logo. Once you've got it, pick Manawatu People's Radio from the list of stations and go find your new favourite show. Support this show and others like it by giving a donation. For more information, go to www.mpr.nz forward slash donate. So welcome back to um, our, pro- our programme, Amazing Grace. And we, um, we're going to talk today about how to handle trouble and be an overcomer because all of us face trouble in life. <clears throat> and how do you handle it? How do you handle it? Now, like I said before, I'm, I'm basing it on Psalms 55. And this is the time when David was facing a terrible time of trouble and his son was trying to kill him and uh, take the kingdom off him, take the throne off him. But um, I'm going to base my talk um, on verse 22, and it says, Cast your cares on the Lord, and he, um, he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous fall. Now, that's a wonderful promise, isn't it? Wonderful, wonderful promise. Um <clears throat> Now, I, I, read, I read a story about um, what happened in the Second World War, and it was a German man just illustrating how difficult um, a situation is when your own child um, betrays you and tries to um, hurt you. Now, this is a story that happened in Germany, and this man was portrayed, uh, he didn't know by who, um, he was arrested by the um, the Nazis. They tortured him. Uh, they persecuted him. Um, they did <clears throat> what they could, but uh, he didn't break. And uh, finally they let him go. And when he got home, he found out that his son had betrayed him. And um, it was too much for him. He went out and hung himself. It was just too much. Now, the Bible says in the last days that um, brother will betray brother to death. And um, it's actually in um, a few places in the Bible, but I'll just turn to um, 
Mark, it's in Mark 13. <clears throat> I've just got a tune there. And this is what it says. Mark 13 and verse 12. And it says, Now brother will betray brother to death, and the father his child, and the children rise up against the parents and cause them to be put to death. So that sounds um, terrible, doesn't it? So the antidote for trouble, affliction, pain, whatever it is, is verse 22 of Psalms 55, cast your burdens upon the Lord. Now the first thing um, I want to look at is um, when, when we are tried, there are some things that we are tempted to do. And uh, these points are, are very important. So when we have trouble and burden, there are some things that we are tempted to do. Now, the first thing is when we are in trouble, we're tempted to complain. That's what we do. We're tempted to complain. And I'll just read from verse um, 2, verse 2 of Psalms uh, 55. Well, actually, I'll read verses 1 and 2, and it says, Have mercy on me, O God, have mercy on me, for in you my soul takes refuge. I will take refuge in the shadow of his wings. Now, hang on, I'm reading the wrong psalm. Sorry about that. I'll go back to uh, Psalms 55. Now, it says here, verse 1, Listen to my prayer, O God. Do not ignore my plea. Hear me and answer me. My my thoughts trouble me, and I am distraught at the voice of the enemy, at the stares of the wicked, for they bring down suffering upon me and revile me in my anger. Now, this is a very common trace of humanity, very, very common trace. Every time the children of Israel had a test or a trial, they grumbled and they complained. And even God had enough of their complaining. And when you read in um, <clears throat> Numbers 14, um, that's the situation where God had enough. Now, in Exodus 17... <clears throat> And I'll just turn to that. Exodus 17 is the time when they had no water. They had no water. And um, this is what they said. <clears throat> they said to, um, to Moses, and the people were thirsty for water there, and they grumbled against Moses. And they said, why did you bring us out, um, out of Egypt? to make us and our children and our livestock die from thirst. So <clears throat> complaining, it's not good to complain. Now, I just got some thoughts for, from um, some different books, which i just like to read to you. Um, now, <clears throat> just got to find um, the right one. Now, this one... Um, this is how it goes. This is from a book called Ministry of Healing. And it says, nothing can touch him except by the Lord's permission. All our sufferings and sorrows, all our temptation and trials, all our sadness and grief, 
all our persecution and privation. In short, all things work together for our good. All experiences and circumstances are God's workmen, uh, workmen whereby good is to be brought to us. So that's interesting, isn't it? So God uses trouble to bring good to us. Um, he is a wise counselor. Now here's another one from a book called Prophet and Kings, and it says God has a purpose in sending trial to his children. He never leads them otherwise than they would choose to be led if they could see the end from the beginning and discern the glory of the purpose that they are fulfilling. All that he brings upon them in test and trial comes that they may be strong to do and to suffer for him. So God has a very strong purpose um, in bringing trials to us because in the long run, he knows what he's doing. So now I've got another one. And this is from an article um, written on testing uh, process. And it says, God's providence brings trials to reveal to us what is in our hearts, the weak points of our character, which have been concealed from our own knowledge. And then it says on another page that true grace is willing, willing to be tried. If we are loath to be searched by the Lord, our condition is serious indeed. God brings his people near him by close testing trials, by showing them their own weakness and inability, inabilities um, or by teaching them to lean upon him as their only help and safeguard. And another page it says, I know that the human heart is blind to its true condition. So there's some interesting um, statements there, talking about trials and providences and how God brings them. <clears throat> now I have one more. Um, for instance, it says this is um, talking about when when we get to heaven. It says all the perplexities of life's experience will then be made plain. Where to us have appeared only confusion, disappointment, broken purposes, dwarf plans, where we've seen a grand, overruling, victorious purpose, a divine harmony. Isn't that wonderful? So this web of events that happen in this world, God is going to use in an amazing way. And we just can't understand. It says... In 1 Corinthians 13, I think it's verse 12, we see through a glass darkly. We just don't understand. We just don't understand. John Newton, who is famous for um, writing that song, Amazing Grace, and he says, everything is needful that he sends. Nothing can be needful that he withholds. Now, if you really believe that, that trials um, and uh, trouble, 
God is allowing it for a purpose. Now, if you understand that and you understand that um, all things work together for good to them that love God, you know, where the Bible says that you can have peace. See, if we if we really trust God, whatever comes into our life, uh, if we know that we serve a good God and that um, he's going to bring good out of it, we can trust him, can't we? And we, you know, the Bible says, be anxious for nothing. Paul says that in Philippians 4, be anxious for nothing. And in, um, what's he say, pray about everything, be thankful for anything, be anxious about nothing. Um, And then he says a bit further down in Philippians 4, I have learned the secret to be content in whatever situation I'm in. And so that's what we need to do. So I, um, we're just going to have a, um, a, a, a song now, a break. He's our rescuer, he's our rescuer, we are free from sin forevermore. Oh, how sweet the sound, oh, how grace abounds, we will praise the Lord, our rescuer. There is good news for the captive, good news for the shame. There is good news for the world who walked away. There is good news for the doubter, the one religion failed. For the good Lord has come to seek and save. He's our
Welcome back to Amazing Grace uh, radio program. Now, we um, are talking about how to handle trouble, and that, that was a great song called Rescuer by a group from um, Ireland. Um, my great-grandfather actually came from Dublin, so he was the first policeman in fielding, which I found out um, recently. So anyhow, we, we're looking at trouble and um, the, some of the things that we're tempted to do, and this first point we've been dealing with is we are tempted to complain. You know, trials and suffering is not a punishment for believers, but to make us um, better people. All trials that are received as educators will produce joy. Isn't that a good thought? Now, when you look at Job, Job, you know, he lost he lost a lot of things all at once, didn't he? He lost um, all his property, all his animals, and he lost his 10 children. Now, that's a, um, that's a terrible lot to handle all at once, isn't it? <laughs> and then this is what it says in verse um, chapter 1, 20 and 21. It says, at that time, Job got up, tore his robe, shaved his head. Then he fell to the ground in worship. And said, naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord um, be praised. Now, it's interesting. When you trace through the Bible, you'll find that when tragedy has come on God's people, they actually worship God. Now, that's a really good sign. Now, In our church, we um, we have a um, a Bible study before church, and we go through um, books of the Bible, all sorts of subjects. And I um, was doing um, some study um, on the book of Job, and there was a guy from in our church from um, I think he was from Sri Lanka. Um, or it might have been Malaysia. I think it was Sri Lanka. Anyhow, this is what he said uh, about Job 1, 20 and 21. He says, We see three aspects of worship that may help us when in anguish. First, Job accepted his helplessness and recognised that he had no claims to anything. Naked I came from a mother's womb, and naked I shall depart. Second, Job acknowledged that God is still in total control. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. And the third point, Job uh, concluded by asserting the belief in the righteousness of God. May the name of the Lord be praised. What a wonderful attitude and may we all be like that. So... I thought that was uh, worthwhile sharing with you folks. Now, I've come to um, the second temptation, and it's a natural temptation to give up altogether and lie down in despair. Now, I'm going to read um, again from Psalms 55, verse 4. And five, and this is what David says: My heart is in anguish within me; the terrors of death assail me. Fear and trembling has beset me; horrors overwhelm me. So that's what David was saying about this experience of um, of Absalom trying to kill him and take the throne. Now, 
in the Bible, in the time of Elijah, um, when Jezebel sent the um, message to Elijah that she was going to kill him, it says that he was afraid and he rang for his life and he prayed that he might die. He prayed that he might die and he gave up in despair. The good thing is that he prayed about it. He prayed to God. And that's a good thing about Job, you know, when he was really down and depressed and in anguish, he kept on praying. And if you read Psalms, Psalms 88, it is the most depressing psalm in the Bible, and it finishes with the word darkness. But this man, um, he, he says at the beginning, you are my God, and he's really discouraged, and it finishes with darkness, but they kept on praying. So take all your cares to God, no matter uh, what's happening in your life. Now, I came across um, a statement um, by Spurgeon, and he says, always be afraid of being afraid. Always be afraid of being afraid. Failing faith means failing strength. Failing faith means failing strength because it says in, in second timothy 1 7 it says for god has not given us a spirit of fear but um but of power and um, love and a sound mind so fear doesn't come from god you remember when um jesus and the disciples were in the boat and then came a sudden storm and it looked like the boat was going to go down and they were all going to drown and they woke up Jesus um, and the disciples in the storm said to, um, said to Jesus, you know, we're going to drown. Jesus got up and he said, peace be still. And Jesus said to his disciple, why are you so fearful, O ye of little faith? So always be afraid of being afraid. And failing faith means failing strength. Isn't that interesting? So all sorts of trouble come into our lives, don't they? And <clears throat> I want to tell you a story that I've been reading. Now, this is a story about Dwight um, Moody in the 1800s. He was um, the one who started uh, modern evangelism. Uh, he was a wonderful guy. But when he was four years of age, um, he was actually at school and a neighbour put his head in, um, in the window of the school and asked if any of um, Edwin Moody's children were there, saying that their father had just died suddenly. That morning he, ha he had gone about his work as usual, but a pain um, in his side compelled him to go home and to rest. And about 1pm he staggered um, to the bed and was found dead a few minutes later, kneeling beside it as if, he um, if, as if in prayer. Now, Dwight, four years of age, he didn't remember anything of the, um, of the funeral. But um, Mrs. Moody, she was left in trying circumstances, which, however, only served to develop her sterling heroic character 
Her eldest son was only 13 years old, and twins were born a month after her husband's death. The father died bankrupt, and the creditors swept away nearly everything. <clears throat> the mother had no one on whom she could lean heavily for support. And when the neighbours would um, come in and tell her to apprentice her children, she would say, not as long as I have two hands. Well, they would say, you know, one woman cannot bring up seven boys. They will, they will turn up in jail or they'll have a rope around their necks. So there was capital punishment in those days. And um, here was a woman. She had five boys and then her husband died. And a month later, she gave birth to two more twin boys. So there were seven of them. So um, she toiled on. None of her children uh, went to jail and none of them had a noose around their neck. Now, Dwight Moody, on the occasion of his mother's funeral, said, if the world were mothered by that kind of woman, there would be no, uh, no need for jails. She was always bright and cheerful in the presence of her children. But the first year after her husband's son died, she cried herself to sleep every night. Her sorrows drove her to God, and she claimed the promises for the fatherless and the widow. In spite of all the privations, the home was the sweetest place on earth to Moody's children. Dwight and the other children, they were drawn together by the strong bands of love. Now, isn't that interesting? That is really interesting. So this woman, Dwight Moody's mother, um, <coughs> was left in a terrible situation, bankrupt husband, and everything swept away, and she's got seven children to support. There were no benefits in those days. So isn't that, um, isn't that great that uh, we can rely upon God and our needs and so that we should take um, all our cares to God? Now, I've run out of time, and I'm going to have to leave that to next time, and we'll um, I'll come back and deal more on that subject because I have some really good thoughts to share with you. God bless you. Thank you, Dennis. That was really interesting. And um, so just before we finish, just a reminder here that we'd love to hear from you and you can contact us on 022 216 or email at info at mpr.nz and yes um, we'd love your feedback or and your requests for prayer we're happy to pray for you or a friend or family member off air or on air also the free giveaways the book steps to christ and if you are here locally in palmerston north the signs magazines can be found in the local takeaways. Alrighty, so let's just finish with a prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we um, give this whole program to you. We pray that you will speak um, through um, your words and reach and show 
that you really do love the one who listens. In Jesus' name, amen. So, um, from all of us here at Amazing Grace, Dennis and myself, um, we would ask that um, you'll grow in grace. May the love of the Father and the grace of the Lord Jesus and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. God bless, listener, until next time. Bye for now. Bye.